0: to gruesome your horrific true crime podcast i am meg and darius rucker super fan connie (laughs) is going to take us through episode 49 nicole
1: (laughs) vandenherk i feel like i have to tell this story now because i am so proud of it Over the weekend, my aunt so graciously gave me tickets. Like, she bought me a ticket to go see Chris Stapleton. So the first thing I had to do is Google who he was. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not much of a country. I don't listen to country music. Unless it's, like, from, like, Shania Twain. Yeah, That's Shania
0: it. is it. Shania
1: is the it, <laughs> And... <laughs> We're standing in line and I couldn't have like any beers or anything. I couldn't drink. Well, I can't have beers anyways, but like I couldn't drink anything because I had to drive home because my son had a soccer tournament the next morning. So we're standing in line and this guy is like ham samming and he goes, are you so excited? And I was like, yeah, I love Chris Stapleton. I've loved him ever since he was in Hootie and the Blowfish. And I said (laughs) it. To be funny but the look on the guy's face because he was just like like i think he was I, trying to decide whether i was serious so like meg said he was like, like shit was he the was chris
0: stapleton and hootie and the
1: blowfish i'm not the super
0: fan i thought he was i thought it was really funny
1: me <laughs> my up. husband didn't think it was funny at all he like he did i was like it's he's like but he wasn't i'm like that's the joke it's it's yeah And I need to set the (laughs) in a sea of flannel and cowboy boots. There was me in a cropped black sweatshirt with a black choker and space buns. You could find me. And a king size quilt wrapped around your entire body. (laughs) It was cold. And it's like, I don't need to like, I'm not trying to impress anyone. So I literally grabbed like a quilt from our bed and just like wrapped it around me. I had the only thing showing was my space buns in my face, and that was my country concert experience, guys. So, um, yeah, woo, yee-haw. I did. It's like that, uh, real like, how are we feeling tonight? Halfway through, <laughs> yeah, it's like I am not, I'm not feeling-, feeling good. <laughs> um. No disrespect to Chris Stapleton, though, because he reminds me of... I told Maggie, he reminds me of Southern Rock, and he has a voice like butter that sounds just like the Pandora playlist that I was listening to on the way there to get me ready for the concert. So he was good. Um, but before we start today, I'm not going to mention names because I'm not sure like, if they would like that. But we have a couple of our listeners who really have been listening since like we started. OG. OG ones and a couple of different ones got married in the last couple of weeks so if you're listening and you got married I'm talking to you. Congratulations. We're so excited for you Um, but yeah that's me being sappy today. Tink.
0: Just felt a
1: little, just felt a little nostalgic. Well switching the tone this week we are going to talk about about Nicole Vanden Herk. Um, She was born in the small town of Erkelenz, Germany. I'm sure I probably said that wrong. But she was born on July 4th, 1980, which I know is not a big deal in a different country, but I was like, oh, hell yeah. She's born on the
0: 4th of July. <laughs> only made- American Eagle flies off in the distance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, her mom. His name was Angelica. Um, when she first had Nicole, she allegedly did not know who the dad was, which is not a big deal. But um, a few weeks later, after she was born, the blood test, like they had done a blood draw, and it showed that her dad was a married man in the neighborhood. So quite the Ooh, scandal. Angelica.
0: Angelica.
1: Nicole never had a relationship with her biological dad, but not long after her birth, her mom started dating a musician named Ad Vandenherk. So she lived with her mom, her stepdad, and her stepbrother, Andy. When she was three, her family moved to the Netherlands, which is where the rest of the story will take place. Her mom suffered from pretty crippling mental health issues that caused her to isolate from her family like the majority of the time. She would spend hours in her bedroom by herself. It's not like she didn't love her kids. It's, you know, she has mental she health tick. problems. Yep. Her parents divorced when she was eight. And during the divorce proceedings, her stepdad ad requested primary full custody of Nicole. Because Angelica's mental health issues that she suffered from, he argued that because of them, she wouldn't be able to adequately care for a child. And the judge agreed and awarded him custody, which I read that and I was like, okay, they must have been like pretty significant if the stepdad got custody, which I don't know how it is in other countries in America. It's the mom losing custody is not a common thing. Nicole actually was thankful for this outcome. She was worried that she would have to spend the rest of her like teenage years taking care of her mom. And she didn't want to have to do that. Like, She wanted to be a kid, which is rightfully so. So she was relieved and she was happy to live with her dad. And he kept the kid, after the divorce, he kept the kids in the same town that they had grown up in. He didn't want them to move schools or anything. And he sounds like a pretty, like, Cool dad. He was in the music industry. He like traveled a lot. He was a musician. Um, because he had to travel so much, he asked his his mom, so Nicole's grandma, for help with her and Andy. And she lived pretty close to them, so the kids spent a lot of time with their grandma. And Nicole and her grandma were very close. And honestly, things seemed to be going really well for Nicole and her family. She didn't really have a relationship with her mom at the time, which is sad. But her dad had moved on. He met a woman named Jolanda, who was also in the music industry. They got married. Jolanda was great to Andy and Nicole, and they all got along really well. But just like with her dad, because she was also in the music industry, they were both gone like pretty often. Unfortunately, Nicole's mom was absolutely heartbroken after she heard about Ad's marriage to Jolanda. She had been working on her mental health. She was still really in love with Ad, but the news of his marriage was ultimately too much for her to handle, and she committed suicide in April of 1995. So Nicole was 15 at the time. Nicole was, well, 14. She was almost 15. Nicole was devastated. She felt grief like she had never felt before because not only was she mourning the loss of her mom, she was mourning like all hope that she had to be, being able to be close with her as she got older. And it's a hard thing to think about like the what ifs, like following a suicide of a loved one. Yeah, it is. Which little PSA, I have to say this. If you or someone you know is struggling with intrusive thoughts, they're making you believe that there's no other place to turn life couldn't possibly get any better. Reach out to someone, anyone. You've survived 100% of the bad days that you've had, so don't give up. And don't and check on your friends. So, um after Nicole's mom committed suicide, um her dad spent a lot more time home with Nicole while she grieved. He was there for her every step of the way. She got a job at a bakery just a few blocks from her house to try to keep her mind off of things. She had great friends who helped her following the loss of her mom. She had a great family. She was really doing the best she could to get through the situation. She was trying to continue to live life to the fullest. And Nicole was, by all accounts, a good kid. She was absolutely beautiful. And as always, we'll post pictures, but I can't even put into words how pretty she was. It's like that striking, she had, she looked like, by like, our standards today, and I'm sure by the standards, she just looked like everything you would think a European model would look like. Like the blonde hair, the full lips, like just beautiful. Nicole's coping mechanism following the loss of her mom was to just be gone and busy as much as she could. She would either be at school, work, or with her friends. Um, She had a boyfriend. It never lists his name because he was a minor. Andy and Nicole's grandma wasn't very strict. So like the kids kind of had free reign because they, were, they weren't getting into any trouble. So she would often go to her grandma's house like after school before she would go to work at her job at the bakery. On the morning of October 6th, 1995, Nicole grabbed her keys in her purse. She left her grandma's. She rode her bike, left to ride her bike to her job. She was a very punctual employee. She was never late never missed work. She was always there. So her manager was naturally worried when it was 15 minutes into her shift and Nicole hadn't arrived yet. And actually, instead of calling her parents or her grandma, when it got further into her shift without her showing up, the bakery owner called the police. Once the police were notified, her grandma and dad were called and they confirmed that they had not seen Nicole. Her grandma was like, no, she left here to go to work. So immediately, police start canvassing. They start asking people, like, have you seen Nicole? She ride by on her bike. Has he anyone talked to her? But there was no information. Not long after they started searching, they found Nicole's bike along the banks of the Dommel River. But she was nowhere to be found. There was no trace of her.
0: No. I, was, I knew it was coming, but, like, ugh, mm. it never gets easier.
1: It doesn't. It. it really, really does not They continued the search, but like many other cases with teenagers, it started to be treated as a runaway situation, even though her dad and grandma were like, she would not run away. But to the police, here is a girl who disappeared without a trace. Her mom committed suicide six months ago. You know, she's been having a tough time with it. She has family back in Germany. Her bike is just sitting here. They thought, and like her, she had a bag and keys with her um, when she left her grandma's and those weren't found with the bike. So they were like, she just ditched her bike and she just left, which is my biggest pet peeve. I know kids run away. I know it happens. It's horrible. I know it happens. But like when you immediately treat it as a runaway situation, you lose hope. And you know what pisses me off the most about it as a mom? Having a police or a law enforcement officer, investigator, whatever, tell you that your daughter is just like your daughter is a runaway and not believing you and you're like, no, that's not like her. That's not like her. Well, how much do you? Granted, I I did a lot of stuff like growing up that my mom didn't know about, but I feel like she would have known. Okay. Yeah. She's the type to maybe run away or like, she's the type. I don't know. Like it just, I just. I hate that. No,
0: I think I, I that's that. true. I think you know your kid well enough to be like, you know, maybe, maybe that could have happened. Yeah. Or to be like, that is completely out of character. No way.
1: And especially like her and her stepdad, dad, I'm not going to call him her stepdad because he was her dad. They were so close and she was just as close with her grandma. So like for them to look at both of them and be like, mm, she's run away. Yeah. It infuriates me. At the end of October, uh, the police received a tip that someone had murdered Nicole. The phone cut off before the caller just told a random them who, tip. Just a random like call in the tip line. We know who murdered Nicole, and that was the extent of it. Her backpack was found on October 19th, but other than that, there was no sign of Nicole. Her grandma was com- like repeatedly interviewed. Her dad became more and more frustrated with police because he felt like they weren't doing enough. Monetary rewards were offered, tips poured in, but there was no sign of Nicole. Anyone who knew Nicole was interviewed: friends, ex-boyfriend, current boyfriend, family, even strangers who just happened to be like the root, like in the way of the route she would have taken. Her stepmom um, enlisted the help of a psychic who told them to concentrate on two specific canals. Police were desperate for any leads at this point. So typically you don't see police officers taking the advice of psychics, but they were like, all right, let's do this. They searched the entire area of both of the canals with canines and still they found nothing. Unfortunately on November 22nd, 1995 Nicole's remains were found by a hiker between the two towns of Merlo and Lyrup, not far from her grandma's house. Trigger warning, like every week, the medical examiner determined that Nicole had been raped and stabbed. She had two fractures in her jaw and the cause, her cause of death was determined to be internal bleeding after being stabbed in the ribs. Her dad was even more disappointed with police when he heard there was no evidence on her body that could help determine who did this to her. They had her funeral the following week after her body was released back to the family, and over a 1,000 people showed up to mourn the loss of Nicole. But still, no Those suspect. Those kind of
0: murders aren't common in that area. Like, no. in the area of the world. Nope. This, stuff like that isn't... When you hear about it in America, you're just like... Well, yeah, that happens.
1: And I but hate that. Like, that's what, like one of the worst things. Like, yeah, that sucks. It sucks. I, I'm not one of those, like America or nothing. Like I, like, I like living where we live. Like I, you know, I rec- feel I rec- lucky to live here. Yeah. yeah, I feel lucky to live here, but I also, it is not without saying it, it takes me aback. it. I'm more taken aback when I read about stories like this from other countries and maybe it's just because, like, media in America is so free to report on, like, negative, negative, negative. Maybe it does happen more frequently than we realize in different countries. It's just more, I don't want to say advertised, but, like, reported on here. I don't know. Word, right? They just want that, the like, the mm-hmm. sensationalism. Yes, exactly. So, with no suspects or leads, police start looking back at the family. Ad and Andy were determined to be persons of interest. They were arrested and brought in for questioning, which shocked the entire town because no one believed that they could do something like this. After hours of questioning, no evidence against them, they were released. And it seemed like the police were really fi- like running out of time to find Nicole's murderer before it would be determined to be like a cold case. The police thought that they had a break when a friend of the family by the name of Celine Hartogs got arrested for drug trafficking in miami like our miami and said that she had information on the case she started naming like name dropping all the people she worked with and said like these are who are responsible for nicole's disappearance these are who's responsible for her murder She's
0: trying to get free
1: Yep, and police were like, yeah, no, you're just trying to get, like, less time or, like, release because of this information. So, like, there was no connection in any of that. So now...
0: Yeah. What a tacky thing to do. I mean, I know that they don't care if it's tacky because they're just trying to save their own ass. But, like, this is a human being who... Like something terrible has happened to you, and you're like, "Oh, I can use this to my advantage."
1: Yeah, that's the th- it's like, "Oh, uh, I'm gonna capitalize on this." Yeah, this is bullshit. an opportunity for me to be less of a shitty person with my drug trafficking charges in Miami, Florida. Like one, what, <laughs> what, what? <laughs> so now we're back to square one. No leads, no suspects. The number of investigators on the team were actually, like, cut. The case was determined to be a cold case. In 2004, a cold case team looked at the case specifically, but they determined there was nowhere else to go with the information that they had. Her family was destroyed. They tried to move on, but they couldn't shake the feeling that there was more that they could do, more that the investigators could have done. So now it's 2011. Nicole would have been 31. Andy moved to England to get away from everything to start fresh. Her dad stayed in the Netherlands, continued to work in the music industry. They remained close. They talked often. Her dad told Andy that it was time to let it go. It's time to move on from the murder, except like, hey, we may never know what happened to Nicole. It's time for us to move on with our lives. But little did he know Andy was about to make a statement that was going to have everyone shook. On March 8th, 2011, Andy posted a statement on Facebook that read, I will be arrested today for the murder of my sister. I confess I will get in contact soon.
0: Like I had that vibe a little bit. I was like, "Mm, I feel like this is someone close, but maybe not. But maybe it's going to twist again.
1: He was immediately arrested by British police. And once in custody, he repeated his confession to the authorities. He was extradited back to the Netherlands to stand trial for the murder of his sister. And everyone was shocked. They were like, wait, what? Andy? Including his dad, who had literally just moved to Spain because him and Jolanda had gotten a divorce. He was held for five days but there was no evidence against him other than him his confession which to me is like pretty big evidence
0: i feel like okay you don't have to tell me if this is what's coming but i feel like he like confessed to get an actual killer to be like no it was me that's what i think is happening here
1: well but wait there's more (laughs) the police interviewed their dad to see like all right what do you think? Why is he saying this? But he's like, I have no idea. I don't want to be a part of this. I'm trying to escape the whole media circus regard, like surrounding my daughter's death. I don't, I move like, I I want to start fresh.
0: So his dad was just like, I don't know, let him figure it out.
1: (laughs) Well, once Andy was released, he made another shocking confession. Not only did he recant his original statement, he said that he only did it because he wanted to bring attention back to the case and that the real murderer was his dad and that he had killed Nicole after he raped her and got her pregnant and he didn't want anyone to find out that he had done this. So everyone is like, wait, what? Like, what is happening? happening?" Had maintained that Andy was crazy. He didn't know why he'd be saying these things. But now there's like, wait, there's poten- there was potentially a baby inside of Nicole. How could we have missed this? So what choice do police officers have other than to exhume her Thanks body to, her. Yep. to conduct advanced DNA testing that wasn't available when she was murdered? In September of 2011, Nicole's body was exhumed to test for the DNA of her father. And honestly, investigators thought that they might find from her stepbrother, Andy, as well. Police did find DNA, but it did not belong to Andy or her father. Andy was quoted to saying, I wanted to get her exhumed and the DNA off of her. So I kind of set myself up and it could have gone horribly wrong. To get her exhumed, I had to put steps in place to get her exhumed. I went to the police and said I did it.
0: That's some crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciate the commitment to the long, the long con. Mm-hmm. But whoo, boy! Because he started.
1: Your... Yeah, he started to realize. I guess like... if he
0: knew he was innocent, and he mm-hmm. knew there would be nothing that tied him to it. Yep. But still, there's. If that would have happened in the U.S., they wouldn't have cared.
1: They'd be like, "Oh, you said it. That's it. All we need. You're done. Yeah." But when, like, he realized after he said he, like, at first it was like, okay, I did it. They have to open the case up. And then he's like, shit, they don't have anything. Like, there's nothing. And then that's when he was like, my dad did it. He raped her. She was pregnant. So they're like, oh shit. Like, now we have to, like, was she pregnant? Andy knew he didn't do it. He knew his dad didn't do it. Did his dad know that Andy knew he didn't do it? Uh uh. No, that was the other thing. Like, his dad at this time thought Andy was real. Like Andy didn't tell anyone. He kind of just went rogue. <laughs> but he knew Andy knew there had been advancements in DNA like testing. He knew that they would have to reopen her case. Police were able to find three different DNA types of a single trace of sperm. The DNA matched Nicole's boyfriend, the unknown minor, and a man named Joss D G. The Netherlands. Um, they don't identify suspects by their full names. Okay. So, which is why it's like Joss D, like D E, and then so the letter we will G. Refer to him as just Joss. Joss. Yeah. Okay. Forty-six-year-old Joss was arrested after his DNA match samples found on the remains and samples found at the crime scene, which they were like, what? They, had even, they didn't even know, like her family didn't even know that like there had been samples found at the crime scene. He was already convicted of three rapes and was sentenced to three years in preventative detention. The night of Nicole's disappearance, Joss was known to have left his ex-girlfriend's house frustrated after the a big fight that they had had a few hours before she went missing. In 2014, he went to trial for the rape and murder of Nicole. His lawyer disputed the DNA evidence, his DNA from other people. He argued that the sex may have been consensual and that Nicole may have been pregnant when she died, but not from Joss. The prosecution countered the argument. They explained that Nicole was at the wrong place at the wrong time because they kept saying like he has no motive like what the the defense is like there's no motive like why would he have done this oh
0: that is a comp- compulsory rapist <laughs> yeah. compulsive rapist
1: they the prosecution explained like it was just the you know a crime of opportunity she was at the wrong place at the wrong time she came across him who was still furious from a fight with his girlfriend After the persistent claims brought on by the defense, they were like, okay, okay, we need to retest this DNA. So they had the DNA tested in the Netherlands and also from a lab in uh, New Zealand. So they had multiple people taking a look at this. They pushed the fact that um, the defense pushed the fact that there were actually DNA stains from three different people. So blaming her murder on Joss would be unreasonable and wrong. Yeah, that's the face that I had. And after a few weeks, the additional DNA testing came back. A spokesperson from the lab said that the results showed that it was one million times more likely that the DNA sample belonged to him. So at this point, the back and forth has literally been going on for almost two years. Okay. Two years. It was what?
0: So it's came back and said the DNA was a million times what?
1: more likely that the DNA, like they're like, okay, this sample is yours. This is Joss's oh, sample Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I guess the trial was delayed at one point prior because, um, while he was in his treatment facility, he bragged about murdering a girl. And so the prosecution found these people that he had bragged to and he, they, had them come in and testify the prosecution was getting worried that Joss was going to be acquitted. So they asked the court, they're like, okay, okay, well, we want to sentence him to at least 14 years behind bars because there is no way that Nicole would be having consensual sex with someone who was almost double her age. Cause he was 28 at the time. Yeah. The verdict came back, and Nicole's family was crushed once again. The charges of murder against him were dropped. He was charged with manslaughter and rape, but when the verdict came back, he was found not guilty on the charge of manslaughter and only found guilty on the rape charge because they could not prove that after he raped her that is when she was murdered. They could not determine that. Okay. He was only sentenced to five years in prison and I was pissed.
0: Yeah, that's annoying.
1: But the public prosecution appealed his acquittal almost immediately after the trial ended. And, um, his, um, and the, the appeal case began in August of 2018. And the prosecution once again demanded the 14 years that they had initially recommended during the first trial. And on October 9th, 2018, his acquittal was overturned and he was sentenced to the additional 12 years for the rape and manslaughter of Nicole. The defense tried to appeal this, but it was held up by the Supreme Court in 2020. But I still, it's like that. I hate 14 years is nothing. I hate a manslaughter charge.
0: Yeah, I do too.
1: There are certain circumstances where okay it sucks, but like you were in a car wreck and someone, you know, like some like you caused the death of someone else. I understand that in an accidental situations, but, yeah, murder, but
0: like, at minimum, murder this is second degree murder. Like Yeah,
1: yeah. and that's another thing like you I don't intended
0: to hurt this person and maybe you did do it on accident, but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't an accident
1: to murder a girl because you're pissed off at a fight with your girlfriend I'm assuming like maybe he tried to make advances on her and like she like denied it or like it was just the wrong place at the wrong time serving 14 years for this is bullshit
0: yeah no that's crazy how Mm. old is he now then he's 46 48
1: 48 or 49
0: yeah he'll be out yeah just in time to retire
1: just in time to still be a dickhead. Just, like, and at first, so I had to dive deep because at first I was like, okay, maybe the Netherlands doesn't do life without parole. Because we see that a lot in European countries and other, actually, we yeah, see that a lot in I other countries. I think in
0: general, well. they're less,
1: uh, they're, they're more rehabilitate. Yeah, it's like yeah. they focus more on rehabilitation versus incarceration. Which is great. Yeah, I think that's great. But the Netherlands is one of the few countries in Europe where you can be sentenced to life without parole. And I understand, like, it was difficult because... And it's not li- even like that was... He had three other people that he had raped. hmm And been charged for. Yeah. And honestly, I think that had he not already been convicted of rape and had he not bragged about it in his little psychiatric institution i don't think he would have been charged because there was i mean unfortunately and this is horrible to say but unfortunately they nicole was not there to defend herself whether or not it was consensual and yeah. then it's like and that was his pro- fault yeah but like they couldn't prove beyond a reasonable doubt which i'm just oh
0: i still understand oh that's But it makes 14 years for is 14 years normal for
1: manslaughter. I guess. I don't know. I don't really know. I guess like, so it makes sense. Had, if he had not been convicted of like rape at the time of Nicole's murder, Mm -hmm. then it would make sense. Like the, the DNA of the crime scene didn't ding on his, if he had never been in trouble before at that point, because you know, 1995 is not, the 50s. They yeah. still had like DNA testing. So, I'm assuming but it's just weird to me. So that did he commit would, those rapes before Nicole or after? No, Nicole? after. Cuz like he had been convicted of like he had been convicted of three rapes in between Nicole being murdered and then 2011 when the DNA was retested, which is still like that's a lot in 6 years. Yeah. 3
0: Three It was three different women?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, three different women. And so I couldn't... the net, Like, they don't post pictures of, like, his full face. I looked everywhere, but he looks like a fucking train wreck. From it's what a, I can see without I the... I got
0: this in America. America. The maximum penalty under federal law for involuntary manslaughter is eight years with fines.
1: Man, that's.
0: I mean, I and for manslaughter, I get it because it is an accident. Mm-hmm. Like you accidentally like hit someone riding a bike with your car, yeah. and they die. Makes sense.
1: But this is not. Like, that, like, yeah, I yeah, This is at not the very least second, second degree murder. And I get like they. They can't prove that he planned it. They can't prove that he sought out that night after leaving his ex-girlfriends or girlfriends and was like, I'm going to kill Nicole. Like, I get that they can't prove that. But it's still bullshit. But also, the hero of the story is her brother because he took a big-ass risk.
0: Yeah, man. He just bit the bullet there. He was just like, no, I'm going to handle this
1: like mm-hmm.
0: good for him that's crazy and i read i can't and... say that i would like think to even do that no. if something like that happened to like my brothers
1: and like you know you fall into the rabbit hole of research where you end up on like reddit threads and like you if you're really researching a case and you I mean, you obviously you can't take what you learn about any case from Reddit, Tumblr, all those things. Like you have to take it with a grain of salt because anyone can edit those. Same with like, it's just like at school. Anyone can give
0: their opinion on it.
1: But there are some reports that he thought like maybe his dad did have something to do with it. But I, I don't find credibility in those. I, everything I've read, like from like the legitimate sources.
0: It seems like any time, like there's a young, like a teenage girl that is murdered someone always tries to link it back to like their their stepdad or their dad mm-hmm. that happened with Polly Klaus they yeah. were like there's that big rumor like oh no I think the dad was involved because this one guy and this other thing and it's like yeah and not. it's
1: he had raised her and I get that there's you know we do this podcast we know that there are <laughs> sick people out there that they're like oh I'm gonna you know molest my daughter i'm gonna sexually assault my daughter i just didn't nothing i read pointed to that it was just her brother's like taking a huge gamble being like i did this but can you imagine i thought i was thinking about this can you imagine the train of thought that he had leading up to that like just like
0: i mean it had to have been what this was 2011 so Mm -hmm. 2005 that's 10
1: years I'm wondering if he had, like, seen, like, maybe he, like, was watching It sounds a like show. he
0: watched an episode of something and was like, idea, yeah. Yeah, like, that, he was
1: like, oh, I know that they have, I know that DNA evidence has, like, progressed. I know that, like, the testing capabilities have progressed. And honestly, he got lucky. I don't want to say lucky, because it's not lucky that that other guy was a rapist, but he in the sense that the guy's DNA was in the system because it gave the evidence something to ding off of. Yeah, for sure. But guys like that who were like, it was consensual.
0: You're like, mm, fuck you. There yeah. Is. Like that's mine. I'm checking,
1: <laughs> cashing it like, out. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say? I personally volunteer as tribute for any case in the world where a woman is sexually assaulted and murdered or murdered. Doesn't have to be both. And they're like, oh, it was consensual. I will come physically fight them. <laughs> we will be throwing bows. <sharp inhale> You'll catch these
0: hands. Whatever other, other whatever other words we have. Catch a chops,
1: square to the throat. I don't know any other like fighting terms, but I will kick (laughs) I'll kick their asses. Because that is like not only are you saying this in a court where her parent, like her dad is sitting. It's another one like Polly Class when he like turned her like that guy. Oh Yeah, that was just messed up. Mm.
0: That guy sucked. He's still just chilling too.
1: Man, he's one that I wish they would just
0: is another one that we'll just murder
1: ourselves <laughs> for legal reasons. That's a joke. For, for completely kidding,
0: would uh, not commit murder. Wink,
1: wink, nudge, nudge. But if I was in a room with him alone, Pssh. no cameras. This guy better watch out because Andy is proven that he will do the he's, most.
0: He's, yeah, he's doing the most. So I note: I just looked up manslaughter netherlands and it says it's called dude slag called death sla death slaughter and it's intentionally killing another person without premeditation so i think that is that's their their second degree that's their second degree now it all makes dude slag death slaughter that sounds like a metal band i don't
1: (laughs) want that to sound as cool as what it does like (laughs) <laughs> i'm a little bummed out that you look that up because i want to be like ah. <laughs> but now i like can't if i saw horrible.
0: that Dan slaughter was headlining a show i'd be like let's go hit that up i bet that's already a band that's good <laughs> Could it couldn't be worse than Chris Davis?
1: <laughs> 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 and we <start> our call back <laughs> but uh, yeah i i was looking because you know you start looking at, like, I feel like it's some point during the month, every month, I find a case as I'm researching for, like, Patreon episodes. And it was, like, craziest unsolved murder. Brother confesses to murder to get case reopened. And I was like, what?
0: So if you have <laughs> heard of this me? one, like,
1: I was not familiar with it. And I was like, man, that is gnarly. I have never, yeah, I had never heard
0: of it. And
1: hardcore and... My brother doesn't even call me back when I call him, so.
0: You know, my brother, I saw him the other day, and he was like, hey, I just started listening to a new podcast. It's called Gruesome, <laughs> and he's just messing with me. And I was like, you did? I talk about you sometimes on it. And he was like, I wondered if you did, because he only has listened to, like, two episodes.
1: But Maybe he'll listen funny. to this one.
0: <laughs> I'll tell him, hey we talk
1: about you specifically your brothers would absolutely do this
0: you always have a lot of
1: confidence (laughs) and the
0: the fact that they would do that and you know maybe maybe if the the thought came to their head that they were like maybe if they were watching a law and order episode and they saw this happen they saw it that they could weasel it in there they might
1: yeah, that was a,
0: that was a wild ride. I am glad that they found the person though.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy like hmm. But I wanted to break everyone's heart again at the end of this episode. <laughs> We're not really breaking your heart. <laughs> We're not breaking your heart. We're just like kind of giving you guys the heads up that we are almost to our 1 year anniversary. And we have said this before with the 1 year comes merch. And that's going to be a whole new thing that Meg and I are like going to have to try to get acquainted We're with. It out slowly but surely. So we will be after our, I guess, our fifty-second episode.
0: Well, I yeah. think it'll be longer than that because this is what 49. So it'll be like fifty-third.
1: Yeah, fifty-third. Um. In the, 50s. We, in the fifties. In the fifties, after our one year, around our one year, we're going to be taking a couple weeks where we will not put out new episodes. But as promised, I guess as threatened, um, that is also when we will be archiving some of our episodes. So as some of our threatened, as threatened, um, some of our uh, like our episodes that will probably eventually like re-record or re-put out at some point. We're going to take those off of. Here, they're gonna go strictly to like Patreon. patron only. And uh, they're um, the, the
0: podcast has just grown so ex- much more than we could have ever dreamed. And we really need to take like a, a second at that one year to figure out how to be more. I don't know, what do you think? Like professional
1: about it, yeah. Or? Like, and we're trying, like, we're trying. I want, like, I know, like, people. I don't think people realize that we started this. Literally, we were on our back porch and or my our back porch, porch, mine and Connie's at the house (laughs) that we live at together. (laughs) Um, They had like Meg and her family came over and we were talking about like, because I know it sounds crazy because Meg is so great with true crime at this point, but it was not her thing. No, it was not. It was your thing. It was my, and like, I was like, Hey, we should like, will you, and like the ideas that snowballed of like us starting a podcast, because like selfishly we were like, I would listen to us. Like we're pretty cool. Like this is fun. And then we thought like maybe like one or 200 downloads. We didn't, it just kind of, I don't want to say blow, like blew up, but like it, it blossomed into what it is now. And we just have to kind of, Figure it out. Process it. Process <laughs> the fact it it that, um, But it's, we will say that with like, thanks for all of the support because it's been insane. We have people that talk to us literally from all over the world and it's awesome. It's awesome. This is the, it's, and two, like I have, it has helped me like be more outgoing with things, like talking to people because I would never, like I, I'm still real weird, but like it just, man. You Thanks. know,
0: fun fact about when we first started the podcast, it was originally going to be like a cooking blog and mm-hmm. podcast called Last Meal. And we were going to mm-hmm. talk, we were going to like make recipes of like murderers, last meals on death row, and then talk about their cases. But that was really involved.
1: <laughs> we are like, how do we get together once? Because it was going to be monthly. It was just going to be one month. Once and then I was month. like, how we know? How are we going to do this? How when you it didn't when seem we're,
0: feasible at the time? No, it definitely, definitely isn't now. That, no, that's extensive. You can take that idea. Someone you can. Have. Yeah, someone. That's a great idea.
1: You should do it. <laughs> Credit us though. Maybe you can be part of the gruesome network. Let me know if you want to start a podcast. I'm. We'll we'll help you. <laughs> we'll figure but, it out. We'll figure it out. Maybe you'll be better. <laughs> we're organized because sometimes we just fly by the seat of our pants. <laughs> But we're also um you guys like if you're not part like if you're not a Patreon member you don't get to hear Meg and I do like cover cases at the same time. So I think like for our 1 year anniversary we're going to do a big case and maybe it'll be a two-parter or maybe it'll just be a really long one, but we're going to do one together. So better it together. Like I was
0: yelling but no one listening to this can see my face. <laughs> I wish you could hear my face, guys. Have a wonderful day or night or whatever time it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. See you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too
0: and you'd like us to keep putting out ad-free content, here are some of the ways that you can help support Gruesome.
1: You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us and you get a, I knew them before they were famous moment.
0: Follow Gruesome Podcast on Instagram and
1: talk to us on our posts. Engage with us. We'd love to hear from you there. If you'd like to send a donation, we have a Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and to gain access to exclusive Patreon perks. If a
0: one time donation is more your thing, you can find our Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and our PayPal using our email gruesomepodcast at gmail.com.
1: Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether or not that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week
0: and don't forget lock your windows, lock your doors. And on Wednesdays,
1: we're We're gruesome. gruesome.
0: Bye. Bye. (laughs)